0: Take a minute to visit rachelcarman.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen.
1: Hey, moms. Today we're gonna to do part two of encouragement for moms. So calling all moms. If you need an encouraging word, that's what we're going to be talking about today, right after this.
2: Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by bestselling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the daily family conversation starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold.
0: Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of
1: God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Okay, moms. I hope that you are in a part of your day, whether it's at the grocery store, or maybe all the kids are napping, or maybe you have the luxury of sitting on the front porch, or maybe it's evening and you're finishing the dishes, and you are just tuning in for a word of encouragement. You are at the right place. This is the second of a three-part series, and my desire in this series is just to encourage you as a mom. Look, it's tough work. But it's also glorious work. I don't want to understate how hard it is every day. The mundane, the rinse and repeat, the over and over and over, the how many times do I have to tell you. I get it. And sometimes you feel like nobody on the planet cares or knows what you're doing all the time. I get it. I get it. I get it. And it's tough. But it is so also glorious if we dare to let it be. I just want to chase this squirrel for just a minute. I remember in my early days of being a mom, as much as I wanted to be a mom and looked forward to be a mom and was so happy to be a mom, I got to tell you, it was very different than I thought it was going to be. And I think most of us could say that, even even those of us who really had a really great vision, you know, a really great mom ourselves. and. And Other moms in our community, even then, it turns out to be more than a little different than what you thought it was going to be. And I fought it for a while because it wasn't what I wanted it to be, what I thought it was going to be. Those expectations that can just really come out of nowhere sometimes. I've talked about this on several different occasions that expectations are those things that can broadside you literally, and not because you knew you had them, but often because you didn't even know you had them. And then you find yourself in a circumstance or a situation, maybe a relationship or a conversation, and you're like, whoa, I didn't even know I expected this to be different than it is. And if you're not careful, and there have been more more occasions than I want to review on, and which I've not been careful or mindful, I've allowed those unmet expectations to really ruin something that really didn't have to be ruined. And that's what happened to me as a young mom. I Some of the expectations were good and some of them were reasonable and some of them were not And I really got into a place where I allowed myself to be really frustrated with how things were going and even resentful that it wasn't going the way that I wanted it to. And I'm just going to say that I wasted time being upset about that. And I think when we waste time being upset about things not being the way we either think they ought to be or maybe actually should be, then we tend to make ourselves more miserable than we have to be. And I know that I was guilty of that. I know that I made things worse because I was leaning into misery instead of standing against it. And I want you to know that I do believe it's an old adage, maybe it's dated, I think it's worth resurrecting. I think life is made up of choices, and our attitude is one of those. And as moms, and I mentioned this last time, I really believe it's important that you and I as moms choose well and choose wisely. And we are the thermostats for our home, and we set the tone. We set the groove, right? You remember in the Emperor's New Groove movie um. There, beware the emperor's groove, right? And there are people, and you probably know somebody like this. I pray you're not this person. And if you are, I pray that you will, that you'll change, that you won't continue to be that person that people dread, that's so easily angered or ticked off or frustrated, right? I was that person at a time. So, I mean, I get it, Right. But I really believe that we have the capacity to choose, to choose what we focus on, to choose what we lean into, to choose what we allow to irritate us and aggravate us and frustrate us. And I think that's especially true of bombs that we need to acknowledge our role as tone setters in our home. And we need to take it seriously and we need to be good choosers. And that's what we're talking about in this series as, you know, what can we do as moms? What do we need to be aware of? What do we need to be mindful of? And I, and I talked about a couple of these things last time. In part one, we talked about the importance of where our hearts are as moms. You know, the Bible says where your treasure, your heart is, there your treasure will be also. I mean, it kind of matters, where your heart is. And we looked at Mary and that on two different occasions, she was treasuring things in her heart. And so you can go back and listen to that episode to get the full picture there. We also talked about the importance of where our mind is. And I think as women, as moms, that we often get caught up in our feelings and we get all of this squishy feely part of us. And we lean into that Instead of doing what the biblical mandate is, that we would take our thoughts captive, that we would get a hold of ourselves, right? And I'm just going to tell you, this encouragement series, these three parts, is not about that squishy, lean into how you feel, follow your heart stuff. That's the world. I believe we're called to something higher, something greater, something better, Something above the world standard of motherhood, and that's what this series is about. So, I'm not going to encourage you to lean in and go with the flow and go with your heart, and you know, that's just junk, and that's not going to lead you anywhere that's going to be productive or beneficial to you, your family. Certainly not going to honor and glorify God, and that's what we're supposed to be a part about as moms. In today's part, part two, we're going to look at Our ears, our mouth, and our eyes. And, you know, when I was a little girl, there was a song that we sang in Sunday school. It's another one of those things that I think should be resurrected right along with the hymns. I really think we need to get back to singing the hymns because of just the doctrinal depth and the truth that is pervasive through the hymns. We'll talk about that another day, but there was a little song that we sang in Sunday school that was, be careful little eyes what you see, be careful little ears what you hear, be careful little mouth what you say, and you sang these in different verses, and then the refrain was, for the Lord up above is looking down in love, so be careful little Eyes, what you see, little ears, what you hear, little mouth, what you say. And I remember as a little girl, that song was very sobering to me that I have a heavenly father that's paying attention. As adults, you and I know that attribute of God is his omnipresence. He's everywhere all the time, all around the globe. In every home, in every relationship, in every situation, he is present. And I remember as a little girl, I felt like God was really big and yet really present with me. And I did feel something that I think often today in our modern Christian kind of, we want to feel better about ourselves. And so we don't like the idea of an omnipresent God. We that that's That's heavy, right? That's truth. And it would be good for us, it would be good for us to remember that the Father up above is looking down, listen, in love. So we do. We need to be careful. So we're going to look at those three today, and then in part three, we'll wrap it up next time. We're going to look about a mom's hands, her posture, and the challenge to wrap it all up. But I want to drill down, and these three, I want to, again, I want to talk about our ears what are we attentive to our mouth what are we doing with that what is coming out of our mouths and then thirdly our eyes what are we looking at because i think it matters and i want to encourage you as the mom to pay attention to these things i'll be right back
2: is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids whether you're a homeschool hero planning activities for the next family vacation or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by bestselling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold.
1: Okay, as we were just talking about, we're going to look at three things today. We're going to start with ears, and I'm just going to suggest to you, as a mom, as a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, as the master of the universe, the sovereign who sits on the throne of heaven, as his child, we need to make sure that our ears are attentive to him. We really need to be listening to him. Now, I have not personally had an experience of hearing the voice of God. That's not been my experience. I do believe him capable of actually speaking to me. However, I don't believe that he speaks any more to his people. I believe that was an Old Testament. He spoke to the Old Testament fathers, but I do not. I have not personally had that experience I think that that would be awe-inspiring to hear the voice of the living God. I do look forward to hearing that upon entering into His glory and the words, Well done, good and faithful servant. But in the meantime, when I talk about hearing God, listening, using your ears, being attentive to Him, I mean quite literally being attentive to His Word and His voice through His Word. By His goodness, we have been given the written Word of God in Scripture. Sixty-six books, thirty-nine in the old, twenty-seven in the new. One story throughout the whole thing. The God of the universe loves mankind so much that He sent His only Son to pay the sin price, the sin debt that we could not pay by sending His only Son, Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, to pay that price on the cross of Calvary. But it didn't end there. He was resurrected on the third day. Glory to his name. In defeating death, we now have the hope of heaven with him. It is the voice of that living God that lives on through his scripture, through the written word, the inerrant word of God, that we are to be attentive to, to pay attention. And there are more verses that I could give you when I talk about this part of the of the encouragement today, but I've just got just, I think it's three for you just here. So in Proverbs 2019, it says, listen to counsel and accept discipline. Oh, moms, that you and I would pay attention to good counsel, that we would dare to accept discipline. And of course, both are available throughout scripture the counsel of scripture, the wisdom within scripture, reading it over and over and over again. You know about the m M&M m series that we do here on the podcast. Once a month, we do an entire passage, and it's called the m M&M m series, Meditate and Memorize, the whole idea of marinating in the truth of God's word. That's what it means to use our ears to be attentive to what God is saying to us, to listen to the counsel of the almighty and to accept its discipline. Look, throughout scripture, we are called to disciplined life. And that's the unpopular message of the Bible is that we're called to self-discipline and self-control and self-restraint. Yes, we are consistently throughout scripture. Nowhere in Scripture. Does it say that we are to give in to our feelings and to follow after our heart? No, 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 that is not in the word of God. And I would suggest to you that that is one of the main reasons why it is being so criticized and rejected right now is because in our fallen nature and our sin nature, we don't want to be self-disciplined. We don't want to be self-controlled. We do not want to be self-restrained. We want to do whatever, whenever, with whoever. And yet, and yet, the Creator God who made you and I knows that as much as our sinful nature wants to chase after those things, it's not good for us. And so what is best for us, what is best for human flourishing is that we would live a disciplined life and the counsel and the discipline necessary for that flourishing life that God calls us to, to walk in the footsteps of his son, Jesus, to be transformed into his image. That counsel is available for you and for me in the biblical narrative. So that's what it means to pay attention with your ears. Jesus said in Matthew thirteen nine, he was telling the parable of the sower. You can go back and read that. And he said, he who has ears, let him hear. Let him hear. And that's the message for the entire biblical narrative. If you've got here ears, hear the word of God. Basically, he's saying here, pay attention, pay attention, listen up, listen, this is what you need you need to listen to this. Make my ears attentive to wisdom, it says in Proverbs two two. It is so important that you and I dare, with these ears that we've been given, God created us, that we dare to lean in and listen to God, to his voice, that we're attentive to him. And I would even suggest to you, you probably know this by now, one of my most favorite things to do In the morning, I'm an early bird. It's true. I just, you know, those days of sleeping in are gone for me. I don't know if it's my age or whatever, but it's very difficult for me to sleep very long. And very often I'm up early, early, like before there's a bird singing. And one of my most favorite things to do is open the back sliding door on our porch and wait and listen for the first bird to break the silence of the morning with its song. Because that's creation's chorus, and it's beautiful to listen to that. So that's ears. Second, we want to look at mouth. What are we doing with our mouths, Mom? It matters what we're doing with our mouths. It says in Proverbs ten nineteen, where words are many, sin is not absent. Far too often as women, we just talk, 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 and nothing good comes of it. Look, I've been a part of those conversations and I leave and I just feel yucky because I said too much. I heard things I shouldn't have heard. I did was not part of a positive outcome. I was not doing what I should be doing with my mouth. This is a huge admonition for you and for me. You and I need to be making sure that we guard our mouths, that we are very mindful, that we are very sober that we are deliberate, that we are intentional, that we are slow to speak, quick to listen, but slow to speak. It is something that is very difficult for me. I tend to know what I want to say. I tend to be very decisive. I know what I'd like to have, where I'd like to go. To be in a room with people who cannot decide which restaurant to go to is very challenging for me. But you know what? I don't have to make that decision. And to be in conversation sometimes, it is very tempting to say things that are not beneficial to all who hear. That's in Ephesians 4.29. Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is beneficial to all who hear it. What that scripture is talking about is it's not just benefiting the other person that you're talking to, but it's benefiting everyone who might be an earshot of what you're saying. Our words need to be beneficial and we need to guard our mouths and what we say. It says in Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4, which is 1234 out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so you and I need to. Pay attention. What are we saying to our kids, to our husbands, to our friends? Because it actually says something about what's in our heart. And we've already talked about the value, you know, whatever, wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. And so if that's connected to what my mouth is saying, that's worth evaluating. That's worth paying attention to. Moms, our words what we do with our mouth ought to be first and foremost praising the Lord God we ought to be women who rise up praising and praying to God first thing very often in the morning before i even get out of bed and this is not original to me i wish i knew who to thank for this but i was at a conference one time and a woman speaker she suggested she said you know before you even get out of bed before you even get vertical, right? I would suggest that you just open your day and make your whole day a prayer and say, Father God, I thank you for this day. I think I know what I'm doing today. I have a plan for today, but Father, you know what is before me today. And I thank you in advance. And I pray, Father God, that you will give me the eyes to see what I need to see, the ears to hear what I need to hear, And Father God, I pray that you would guard over my mouth today, that I would not do damage. That's a pretty great way to start your morning. First thing, praising God, acknowledging his presence, acknowledging his sovereignty over your day, thanking him for going before you, walking with you and coming behind you. That's a great way to start off your day. Make sure, moms, that you're using your mouth to encourage your husband far too often we Take him apart. Far too often, more often than not, we are telling him what we need him to do or wanted to do or what he's got to do or criticize him for what he didn't do or how he did what he did do. That's not primarily how we need to use our mouths. Our mouths need to be full of wisdom and encouragement. And to our children, we need to make sure that we are using our mouths to nurture them and point them to Jesus, to teach them what it looks like to praise him, to be women that use our mouths in a way that our children actually want to hear what we have to say. And I believe we do that not by saying everything that comes into our head, not by speaking rashly, but actually by pausing and being more deliberate in what we say and making sure before we say it, that it honors God, and it is beneficial to all who hear it. So we've talked about our ears, and we've talked about our mouth, and now we're going to talk about our eyes. I want to suggest to you, Mom, something that I think that we've forgotten about in the digital age in the prevalence of all of the screens everywhere all the time. I mean, they're in the vans, they're in the restaurants, they're in our homes, they're in our hands, they're in our bedrooms, they're in our living rooms. They're everywhere all the time, on, on, on. And again, if I ever get the chance to push the button off, I'm going to do it. But in, in lieu of that, I'm going to tell you something that past generations, you know, they took for granted because they were not, they did not have all of these screens screaming literally for their attention all the time like we do today. It matters what we're looking at, mom. It matters what you're looking at. Scrolling matters. It matters what you're glimpsing. It matters what you're focusing on. It matters what you're pausing to look at and to read. It matters, mom. And I want to suggest to you that we need to make sure that our eyes are lifted, that our eyes are focused, that they're up focused on the God of creation, that we are not focused on the things of this world, that we are not focusing on screens. Our kids are paying attention, moms, to what we're looking at, whether it's a magazine or a book or a screen or show, right? They know. They know. And it matters. It matters what we're looking at. It says the King James Version is the version that I memorized this verse in, but in another version, I don't remember which one, it it has a, a slightly different wording but in Proverbs 29:18 it says where there is no vision the people perish that's the King James version there's another version that says where there is no vision the people are unrestrained what i think w- either one of those versions what i think it's really getting at is casting a vision has everything to do with where your eyes are focused and you're f- you're either focused on something and your choices are god or something that's not god those are your choices there might be a thousand other things that are not god but those basically there's only two choices and i'm going to say that the if the not god choice is really a choice to be unfocused it's a choice to be just wildly and painfully distracted and if you choose to be unfocused and distracted perpetually then those within your realm of influence, your husband and your children, they perish. They're, they're unrestrained. They're without discipline. And I think the real point here is it takes discipline to resolve to focus on God, to discipline yourself and not be distracted by all of these other things. It it really is important mom for us to guard our eyes be careful little eyes what you see what you're looking at It is there's another passage I love in Proverbs 4:25 it says look directly ahead fix your gaze straight in front of you right Again, I I think one of the main things that the enemy has done so well in this generation is just the massive distraction, the massive distraction, just off of everything, just any, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's just, you're not paying attention to the things of God. You are not focused on the cross of Calvary. You are not looking up, anticipating his return and going home to be with him in heaven. I mean, it doesn't matter what else it is. It's just not that, right? Mom, you and I, this is a discipline area for us. We need to make sure that our eyes are focused directly ahead. Our gaze is fixed so that our kids can see what it looks like to have focus. And our focus ought to be on the glory of our salvation, on Jesus himself, on God's glory. Those are the things that we're to focus on. It says, um, Paul writes a prayer for the church in Ephesians in Ephesians one And he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know the hope that it's exactly it, that we would know the hope. And what he's talking about is have the full assurance, the confidence of the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ, our Lord that that's where our eyes are fixed. And of course, in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, we've talked about this over and over. Paul writes, set your heart on things above. Set your mind on things above. This again, there's the implication of your eyes up, 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 that we're focused up. And I would just say that for those of us, and I'm one of them, I've I've had some anxiety. It's really easy for those anxious feelings and those feelings of frustration and maybe even depression to be exacerbated when we start focusing on things in the world, the news, the controversy, how bad things are. And let me tell you, things are pretty lousy, but God has given us the assurance and the promise and the hope of heaven. We've got to make sure that those times when we feel that anxiety And that anxiousness in our heart, that stress that we lift our eyes up. So as we're wrapping up today, I just have a few questions for you to consider. And um, then we'll wrap up today and look forward to part three next time. Here's the deal. Your eyes, I mean, your ears, your mouth and your eyes. Whatever you're doing with those three, whatever you're listening to, whatever you're saying and whatever you're looking at is either transforming you more and more and more into the image of, of Christ, God's son, or it's deforming you. Those are the two choices. And that's why, again, creator God who made us in his image and who knows what's best for us. He knows that it's best for us to be transformed into the image of his son. He does not want us to be deformed by the things of this world. So the question becomes, what or who are you listening to? What are you listening to? What subjects are you listening to? What arguments? Is it uplifting? You know, here at Real Refreshment, I try to affirm, encourage, challenge, inspire, and celebrate with you the goodness of God, what he's doing in your life, the role that he has given you as a mother, as a wife. Those are the things that I want to do here. Are the other things that you listen to, do they qualify that way? That would be transformational material. Or is it deforming you? Who you're listening to, what's their perspective? What are their values? What's their language? How are they talking? Are they angry? Are they acknowledging God? Because it matters what you're taking in, what you're listening to. Secondly, who or what are you watching? What are you watching? Are you scrolling and looking at all the fashion? Are you looking and comparing your life to everybody else's and what everybody else is doing? Is it, is it spurning in you feelings of jealousy or covetousness or lust or, or what? What are you doing? What are you doing with your eyes? What are you focusing on? And, and who are you watching, right? I was recently on an airplane and it, it just... Stuns me what people do on airplanes. I'm just thinking, you know, okay, I get it. This is just time in the air, but this is time in the air. I mean, this is time to do something. And I just am I'm still stunned that people still buy some of the magazines that they buy and for three, four, five, six hours they just go through a stack of magazines. We have an opportunity. If if you want to study people, I would Encourage you to study the people that are included in the Bible, the heroes of the faith. Jesus Christ, God's only Son. Learn more about God. Learn more about Jesus. Learn more about the heroes of the faith. Read uplifting biographies of men and women who have gone before: Corey Tim Boom, Tim Boom, Amy Carmichael, Elizabeth Elliot. I mean, people who have really fought the good fight and finished the race so that you can be uplifted as you read those. Mentors, reading about these people, really putting those things into your mind, studying, because you're going to imitate, you're going to emulate whatever captures your heart about their lives. You're going to start to lean into that. And then finally, of course, you know, I would encourage you to take some time to evaluate what you're saying on the standard of Ephesians 4.29 we're not supposed to be venting. We're not supposed to be ranting characteristically. There are those moments. I get it, but we're called higher than that, right? Those should be exceptional moments. We're called to worship. We're called to encourage. We're called to praise. We're called, yes, to admonish. We're called to glorify God in word and deed That's what it means, moms, to be the mom that God has created you to be. And I hope it's encouraging for you to hear these things today. I I know that it would be maybe easier to listen to someone tell you, you know, just go out there and do whatever. You deserve it. But I don't think that's really what we need to hear. And I think what we need is a call to rise above where we are right now and dare dare to follow hard after Christ and be the moms that God has created that he needs us to be for this next generation we'll talk next time
0: thank you for joining us today we hope you enjoyed the show if you have a question or comment we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com and while you're at Rachel's website check out her wonderful resources including the word in motion Bible curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast.
1: Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.